I'm falling Every time I try to leave it alone, I swear it keep on calling I can't get away, keep on falling Every time I try to leave it alone, I swear it keep on calling Welcome back to What's Up Belly Up, presented by Belly Up Sports. I'm your host, Mike Brown. Taking a few weeks off uh, between episode 8 until tonight, uh, episode 9. Uh, wanted to get some things lined up, looking for some new guests. We've got a lot of people uh, within the company that we've been, we've been talking to. Uh, not every night does that work out. Everybody's got busy schedules. Uh, so I was uh, you know, able to reach out on Twitter and, and line up a few guests. So, so I'm really excited about this next one. Um, you know, I, I kind of just shot him a message on, on Twitter. He responded right right away. Uh, within a few days, he he gave me the opportunity to uh, to talk. I uh, asked him a few questions about the draft. Uh, so we'll get into that. So uh, you know, without further ado, I'm really excited about this this uh, this guest. Uh, we got Dan Orlowski on the uh, show today. Twelve uh, year NFL vet played. Uh, you know, he's a quarterback, obviously. Uh, now he's an ES, uh, ESPN analyst on Get Up. Uh, the dude's got a crazy brain when it comes to come to sports especially football obviously you know I asked him a, a few questions about the draft in general and um you know just with the knowledge the stuff that he was spitting out you know I, it made me think you know how much films does this guy watch so so obviously once you get into the to the interview you hear all this but I'm really excited about that so uh again without further ado Dan Orlowski all right anyways man I, I really appreciate you uh just kind of giving me the time, obviously, to to talk. I know you've probably never heard of us or anything like that. Just kind of a uh, shot you a message. I, I I'll tell you my backstory. I'm a big Lions fan, so obviously that that's how I was really introduced to you. And then uh, just following you, kind of what you're doing now on ESPN. Uh, you know, I just think you know coming from playing ball to being an analyst. I think like man, I mean, you're probably one of the better ones. You know, a lot of these guys get on here, and, and you know, everybody's got their own character and their personality. But I think you really hit it spot on. And I just really Thank appreciate you, what you what you do. So, so um, the biggest thing is, you know, uh, I guess I, I'm sorry that uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I guess uh, following up Schefter, you know, you probably never thought uh, you'd go to a podcast like like this small. I, I heard you were on him, so so sorry you no, left us. But, good. But I appreciate you giving me the time, man. <laughs> oh, good man. Oh, good. I appreciate your words. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I guess I'll get right to it. I know you're a busy, man. Um, really, my biggest thing. I just had a few questions for you. I, I won't keep you long, but. Uh, my, one of my biggest things is, you know, this year uh, with the, the QB class that came out of the draft, you know, we had so many different people, so many different, uh, you know, athletes, the, the way that they played, uh, you know, some big arms, so, some overall athletic, you know, just some runners, some different players, I guess, in general. So how would you rate this year's draft class compared to uh, those in the past, and who are you most looking forward to uh, really watching? Yeah, I mean, rating draft classes in the present moment is always difficult because, and the reality of it is it depends on where they go for so many players, but quarterback the most specific one. So to rate it in comparison to ones of the past or, or is a little bit unfair because you yeah. don't know where yeah. these guys are going to go and the health of their coaching and whatnot. There's this class, like if we go back to last year's class, there is, there isn't anybody outside of Kyler. There isn't buddy, anybody that like, wowed you on tape from a week-to-week-to-week yeah. week week basis with what he was able to do. And I've said this about Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray was three inches taller, and I think Mel Kuyper was actually the first person to say this last year, but if Kyler Murray was three inches taller, we would have been talking about him as one of the great prospects in the last two decades. Yeah, and absolutely. 
because of the height, that's all we focused on. And then because of the athlete, that's all anyone talked about. And then we just almost wrote him off as just a runaround guy. And that's kind of, it's flipped, really. He's an incredible passer. In the vision that he has, the timing, the ball placement, the trajectory that he changes his throws on, he just becomes special because of his athleticism. Uh, there, there's nobody like a Sam Darnold in there. There's nobody like a Baker Mayfield in there. So, you know, I don't want to say that this class has got the chance to be more like you're not going to get three franchise quarterbacks out of this class. Yeah. They just don't – classes don't produce like that. We only have ten great quarterbacks in the NFL every year. You're not going to get eight in the last two years in the draft classes. Um you know, there's probably going to be one really good one, one kind of good one. That's just the the, the statistics say. Uh, yeah. Haskins has got a, a great chance to be a very good pro. Haskins certainly has to be handled the right way, groomed the right way, put people around him the right way, where Kyler has a little bit more, I can do this on my own to him. Um, and then there's there's intrigue with Locke, obviously. There's... So uh, the the class does not match up to last year's, no. Okay. So so that was kind of my next question. Uh, based off that, you know, I was going to say, you know, who is your QB that may not be getting the love or the hype that, that fell in the draft that you could think that could possibly surprise people? So that could that be a Haskins? Could that be a lock? You know, is that – or do you have somebody that, you know, maybe long-term – I know you said, you know, there's not a lot of franchise quarterbacks that come out of these drafts, which is totally understandable looking at the history – but is there somebody that, like you said, with the grooming, that could really, uh, outside of Kyler, going into a situation that could that could really take the reins of a team? Well, I mean, Haskins was the 15th pick, so I don't, I, you know, I don't know if if he goes on and has a 12-year career and you know becomes a franchise quarterback, that wouldn't nor should it be surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, Locke was obviously picked second round to Denver. You. You know, the, the stuff that's coming out with Joe Flacco not wanting to mentor him, they don't have a great track record of, of developing quarterbacks in Denver over the last five, six years. So I don't know how excited I am of his situation. To be honest with you, like Clayton Thorson in Philadelphia, who's a fifth-round pick, he made more as many NFL throws on his college tape against against NFL window coverage, okay, yeah. as as anybody did, and he's in a great place to get developed. I know that everybody goes Jared Stidham in New Orleans, New England. I I really like Stidham. I thought that he was a great pick at that spot, but it's not like New England has this incredible track record of developing quarterbacks either. Like everyone yeah. just points to Garoppolo, but there's been other guys that they've taken that haven't necessarily developed. Um, Jacoby Brissett has done some nice stuff, obviously Garoppolo, but there's also guys like Kevin O'Connell who, who, who never developed there either. So we'll, it'll be a wait and see. Um, you know, the guy that I'm, I'm most in, interested watching that I guess is in a way tied to this draft class is Josh Rosen down in Miami and seeing oh, yeah. what a, a clean slate can do for him in a, in a scheme that is going to allow him to completely control the line of scrimmage. Absolutely, and the way uh, I know you tweeted it, the way he handled the, you know, because he's been, you know, thought of as, you know, kind of a needy little whatever, but the way he handled that with class and everything, I think that's a a great start for him to to go into that city and kind of take over that team. 
Yeah, it was a great learning experience for him as well. I mean, I, I've said he's never had a mentor, and ha has he faced a ton of adversity? Like, you know, and, and this year was ad obviously an adverse situation, and he's handled it with uh, class and, and dignity and leadership, and, yeah. and I, it, really good growing process for him. Absolutely. So, so then, so in, in a typical work day for you, I know you're you're doing different things. You know, to to stay up on things and to really analyze things. Like, how much film do you really break down, or what are you doing on a day by day just to keep up on everything? Because everything's changing. You know, there's new stats being thrown out left and right. You know, how, how do you how do you handle the way you go about your business? Because it seems like you're very well informed. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, I probably listen. I've grown up watching tape. That's been well, my yeah. life. <laughs> I mean, I started watching tape when I was. 14, uh, 15 years old, and so that has certainly been my life and been ingrained in me. That's what helped me become a player, and that's what helped me stay in the league for such a long time. So that is the absolute bloodline of kind of my core when it comes to football. So I would, I would say that I watch more tape now, if not as much, but more tape now than I did as a player day-to-day. Uh, I w I'm, I'm probably watching five, six hours of tape a day, especially wow. during the season. Um, I'm not a huge numbers person because numbers don't make sense to a lot of people. They, they do in the grand scheme of things. They don't when it comes to football. People want you to talk to them about football without disrespecting their intelligence, yeah. but also tell them things that, like, that, that, if if you love football but never played it, it makes sense to you. So I always just try to keep the mindset of I'm not in a quarterback room, and if my wife can understand me, 95% of the people listening can understand me. And so, uh, you know, I, I, it's it's kind of easy for me to say, but you have to be committed to it and work really oh, yeah. hard at it. And, uh, you know, I've said this for a couple of years now, our fans – are much more educated and much more informed than they've ever been. So if you don't prove you know what you're talking about or you, you know, kind of just try to make stuff up, you will be sought out very quickly because of the Internet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that that's why you're relatable. Like you said, I think that's a big thing. Uh, you know, people want to almost with, with the analytics and the numbers, you know, it's almost like you want to – not not you or anybody, but just in general, those those debates get started based off numbers. And if you don't know those numbers, like you said, it's almost like you're talking down to somebody, and they just it never just carries any weight because, like you said, now nowadays the average fan is so more well versed in things than they know things, so the debates just are are ongoing. So yep, exactly. So all right, I know. Like I said, I know you're busy. I got two more questions for you, quick. I'm gonna switch gears to uh, the NF, uh, NFC North. Obviously, uh, like I said, I'm a big Lions fan. I know, obviously, you're analysts, and you won't be biased when we know that because that's the way you see things happening. But what do you uh, see in that division this year? I mean, just a, a quick breakdown. Yeah, I mean, I'll start, I guess, with the, the presumptive historical favorite would be Green Bay. You know, obviously, ton of money invested into their defense and, and draft capital invested into their defense. Matt LaFleur, the new head coach, keeping Mike Pettin will prove to be a valuable, valuable decision. Pettin's a really good defensive coordinator. Now they have some pieces to work with. Their defense should be really, really, really good. We'll see if LaFleur, like I, I know Matt LaFleur, we'll see if he can call plays. He, he was kind of hot and cold last year in Tennessee. Now he's got the burden of being the head coach and the play caller. 
Um, so we will see if he can call plays. I expect the relationship to Aaron Rodgers to be one that is healthy. But I this, they still don't have a lot of skill around them. They're counting yeah. on, outside of Devontae Adams, they're counting on a sixth, fifth, and undrafted, sixth round, fifth round, and undrafted for agent receiver to be the, the brunt of their receiver work outside of Sternberger, who they took in the second round. So, uh, you know, the offense is a big question mark still. Surprisingly, with the Hall of Fame quarterback, I still believe it's a big question mark there. So they'll be better, uh, and they'll always have a chance with 12, but i got to see the offense perform. Uh, Minnesota's going to be better. Stefanski's going to be uh, much more in tune with what Mike Zimmer wants to run offensively. Gary Kubiak being there is going to be a huge addition. I know Kubes. Um, that, that defense, you and as you would expect that defense to pick up where where it has notoriously been under Mike Zimmer. That was probably the biggest thing last year was everyone wanted to talk about the offense and Kirk Cousins. The defense stunk at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so it dropped off. Did that defense get back to what they've been? That will be a big, big question mark. Sheldon Richardson going away will, will hurt them a little bit. Um, but the, them getting Garrett Bradbury is going to be a huge deal. That offensive line, especially the inside of it, was really bad last year. 18 sacks were given up strictly from the inside of the offensive line. And so he will secure that, their first-round pick out of North Carolina State. He will secure that. Uh, they will commit to the run game, and they will get back to the play-action pass, which is what Kirk Cousins does best. So um, everyone knows about the receivers, the tight ends. Irv Smith Jr. as a draft pick will be a big addition. So Minnesota's going to be really good this year. Chicago had a great draft, a great draft. Montgomery perfectly fits the style of run game that they want to have. Cohen will be the nice complimentary piece. I thought the Ridley pick for them in the fourth round was outstanding. Uh, they have a plethora of guys to get the ball to now. And Nagy is only going to get more and more creative with that offense. Chicago's going to be really good. Chuck Pagano will be great on defense. They won't – I don't want to say they won't skip a beat without Fangio, but Chuck Pagano is a notorious, very, very good defensive coordinator. And now that they've added Justin Houston and the Everflus is um, – I'm, I'm not sorry, not just Justin Houston, but now that that defense will continue to – uh, get more developed uh, under Pagano. Uh, that'll be a really, really good defense. Again, Chicago will be very good. And then to Detroit, um, you know, offensively, Daryl Bevel has to take the reins off Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford did such a nice job under some coaches of refining his game and getting a little bit of the the recklessness out of his game. But still, that, that child within him is what made him special. And so yeah. they need to kind of light that fire again and, and get back to allowing him to make five mistakes a season that, that kind of hurt, but make 15 plays a season that take you over the top. So I think that's something that they need to really focus on is letting the reins come off him. The offensive line should be better, run the ball. Galladay needs to take a step forward. Marvin needs to stay healthy. Uh, I think the pick of Hawkinson is going to be huge. I know some fans didn't like it, but Hawkinson is a five-way tight end. He could block front side. He could block back side. He could want, win in man. He could win in zone, and he could win down in the red zone. So um, I, I, I think he's going to be a great addition. The defense needs to make some plays. You know, uh, they, they yeah. need to make plays. They can't just be – good. They need to get the ball away. They need to get some turnovers. They need to, to get those playmakers to make plays. And so Detroit's going to be better. This will be a really, really tough division. 
That's what I figured. It seems kind of wide open. Well, I wouldn't say, I guess, wide open, but like you said, you have your favorites, but I think anybody can essentially make a splash in that division. So that's why, obviously, me being biased as an NFC North Lions fan, you coming from that division, uh, I know in general you, you can dissect all the divisions, but I was just excited to hear what your thoughts were on that division. So, <clears throat> so all right, and my last question uh, here, uh, what I usually do, all my guests, I, I'll ask them a question. This isn't really sports-related, but I know you're a big family man, so I think this one should be all right for you. Um, being the big family man you are, uh, you know, I usually ask uh, people different things about uh, sports and yada, yada, yada. But usually what I like to do this here is, uh, what is your favorite Disney movie? Oh, great. First of all, I'm a Disney fanatic. Um, <laughs> I've got four kids, but I loved Disney World before we ever had kids. Uh, man, favorite Disney movie. I mean, Lion King is certainly up there. Um, I think Coco is great. My kids love Coco. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick one, just one, I'm trying to think of what which one makes me cry because I'm a movie crier. Uh, I probably stay. stay I, I I think Coco. Oh, you know what? Nah, Frozen. Oh man, there you go. Yeah, I got a three year old daughter, man. When she sings "Let It Go," just you can uh, take whatever you want. Your tugs at the strings, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, Dan, like I said, uh, I've said it several times. I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you making time for a, for a little company like us. Um, I really appreciate everything, the insight that you give us, the, the knowledge that, that we see day to day. Uh, it was a great catch to get you on the show. Um, anything going forward, you know, whenever you have some time, we'd, we'd love to bring you back. But thanks again for everything, and, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, man. I appreciate your words. Absolutely. Take it easy, man. You will. There you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed episode nine with Dan. Uh, again, like I said, uh, just just an overall great mind. Really looking forward to seeing what he does at ESPN. Uh, every time uh, I turn on the show and he's diagnosing something, you know, it, it's just a great, it's a great watch. Great, great listen to. Uh, he really goes into depth. Uh, again, Dan, I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time and giving us the opportunity opportunity here at uh, Little Old Belly Up Sports. Uh, definitely love to have you back on the show so so hopefully uh, that's something we can do one time so uh, again this is episode nine uh thank you all for listening and as always be bold and stand falling. up every time i try to leave it alone i swear I keep on calling i can't get away keep on falling every time i try to leave it alone i swear I keep on calling